I want to invite you to stand for the reading of Scripture as you're able, if you'd like to. Today's reading comes from the prophet Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Listen to what the Lord is saying. Stand up, state your case against me. Let the mountains and hills be called as witnesses. O mountains, listen to the Lord's complaint. The Lord has a case against his people, and he will bring charges against Israel. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? What have I done to make you tired of me? Answer me. I brought you out of Egypt, redeemed you from slavery. I sent you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to help you. Do you not remember, my people, how King Balak of Moab tried to have you cursed and how Balaam, son of Beor, blessed you instead? And remember your journey from Acacia Grove to Gilgal? When I, the Lord, did everything I could to teach you about my faithfulness. What can we bring to the Lord? What kind of offerings should we give the Lord? Should we bow before God with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No, O people. The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what God requires of you. To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. May God bless the reading of God's Word, and would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, would you open our ears and open our eyes that we would hear and also understand, that we would see and also perceive, that things would not be hidden from us, but that like children, it would be revealed to us. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. A little boy was at a Pittsburgh Pirates baseball game. The boy was very happy. At one point in the game, a batter hit a foul ball in the direction of the boy. In fact, the ball hit the boy in the leg and landed at his feet. The boy went to pick up the ball. He couldn't believe it. He had a major league baseball in his hand. He was so excited. And as the boy bent back up, a man came over and wrestled the ball out of the boy's hand. He took it. As far as the boy was concerned, the man was a giant. The man started walking back to his seat. The boy did not know what to do. It started slowly at first. A woman who saw the entire episode called out, Hey, mister, give that kid his ball back. And then another voice and another. You big bully, you took it. That's not your ball, give it back. It didn't take long, and the whole section was booing the man. Suddenly, three or four people stood up and started to make their way to where the man was, and the man with the ball finally realized the boy was not alone. An entire section of the stadium had taken up his cause. So the man came to his senses and handed the ball back to the boy. 
This all happened between pitches. The stadium was relatively quiet until the boy got his ball back, of course. And that's when that section of the stadium burst into cheers. And the boy was very happy. What does the Lord require? This is Micah's question for Israel. It's also Micah's question for us. What does the Lord require? I would imagine that this is a question most of us have asked. We've asked this of ourselves when facing difficult circumstances and situations in our lives, whether at work or in our families or with friends. What does the Lord require of me? What does the Lord require of us? What is God looking for? In Micah's time, there was a foreign army on the doorsteps of Judah, the Assyrians. They were brutal. They were not dropping leaflets from airplanes promising food and baths to the Judahites who would surrender. Uh, It was a crisis. So what has happened here? Inside the land, Micah saw chaos. In the ancient world, and in Israel's land, land was sacred inheritance. But the rich were weaseling it away, taking the land of the poor, Micah 2.1. The leaders abhorred justice, Micah 3.9. Bribery was synonymous with politics, Micah 3.11. Those of you uh, studying the prophets, you know this. Micah despairs that the leaders, quote, Tear the skin off my people, break their bones in pieces, chop them up like meat in a kettle. Micah 3, 2 and 3. And the priests and the prophets, they got their paychecks on Friday, they stood in the pulpit on Sunday, and they put a hand of blessing all over all this exploitation and all this bribery. God is with us, they say. No harm shall come of us, they say. Micah three eleven. Well, when the minister stands at the pulpit and says grace over theft and bribery, bribery, what can you expect from a community? What can you expect from God? What does the Lord require of you, O mortal? This is Micah's question to Judah. And it is a question for our time and for all time for God's people. What does the Lord require? What is God looking for from us? First things first, do justice. In Hebrew, asolt mishpat. These two words have been translated in a variety of ways, each with its own merits. Act justly, like it says in our shirts. Promote justice. If I were on a Micah translation committee, I would push for this translation. Advocate for justice. Justice is a concept all over the Scriptures. And one 20-minute talk certainly cannot cover all all that needs to be said, especially in our time today. So if you are interested in learning more, might I suggest you read the four-part uh, blog series. It's recent by Tim Keller. Just Google Tim Keller Justice. You'll find it. And if you do read them, I'd be very interested to hear what you think. Much can be said. What has struck me with this phrase is uh, this phrase, Asolt uh, Mishpat, is the idea of advocacy. Biblical justice is something God wants his people to 
advocate for, to speak up to, to fight for. Assault mishpat. Psalm 41.1 says, Blessed is the one who pays close attention to the weak and to the poor. Here God's Word is saying that those who seek to understand the cause of the poor, the condition of the weak and the exploited, they are blessed people. Those who humble themselves, and it does take humility, to give their attention to the realities of the weak and the exploited, to bring changes to those situations, they are blessed of God. Proverbs 29.7 says, The righteous care about justice, and the wicked, they do not care. The wicked don't care. They're apathetic. They don't want to be bothered. But the righteous, Proverbs tell us, they do care, and they will take up the cause. Deuteronomy 24.17 says, Do not deprive the foreigner or the fatherless justice. Or take the cloak of a widow as a pledge. Can you imagine? Yes, ma'am, I know you need these things to live, but first, I'm going to need to take your coat. Thus says the Lord, remember, you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. And this is why I have commanded this of you. In Psalm 68, verse 5, God himself is given a title. God has titles, and this is one of his titles. Father to the fatherless, defender of the widow. It is true. The Bible says all are equal before God. Leviticus 19.15, treat all equally. Do not show partiality to any. This is also traced through the scriptural witness. We are to have, however, special concern for the poor and the weak and the powerless. Proverbs 31 Verses 8 and 9 say, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Is this a contradiction? We are told to treat all equally, but advocate for the exploited. To quote Keller, this is not a contradiction. The Bible never says, speak up for the rich and speak up for the powerful. But that does not mean that they are, not, uh, they are less important before God. They are equal, but they are not in need of a voice. The poor need a voice. In Matthew 23, starting in verse 23, so easy to remember, 23, 23. Jesus makes clear that justice is a high matter to God. Woe to you teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth. You give a tenth of your spices, your mint and your dill, your cumin. But you have neglected the weightier matters of the law. Justice and mercy and faithfulness. Are these not the same things Micah states? Jesus says to them, you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You are blind guides. You strain out the gnat and you swallow the camel. What an image. A family went to dine at a restaurant and the six-year-old boy said he wanted to pray the blessing when the food arrived. 
And as the family bowed their heads, the little boy said, God is great, God is good, and now we thank him for our food. And I would thank you even more, God, if mom buys us ice cream for liberty and justice for all. Amen. (laughs) This brought several chuckles from the other patrons of the restaurant. Perhaps it brought you a chuckle. It did me. But the boy's prayer also brought a rather strong rebuke from a grumpy man. And he said, so the whole restaurant could hear, that's what's wrong with this country. Kids don't know how to pray, asking God for ice cream. Why, I never. Tears welled up in the boy's eye. He asks his mom, did I do something wrong? Is God mad at me? And then a little old lady decided to be an advocate. She approached the boy and she said, son, I happen to know God. And God tells me, That was a wonderful prayer. Really? asked the little boy. Cross my heart, she said. And then she said, so the whole restaurant could hear. And God says, it's too bad that more people don't pray for ice cream because a little ice cream is a good thing for the soul sometimes. Well, after dinner, Mom did buy ice cream for the family And the little boy stared at his ice cream for a time. Then he slid out of his booth, took the ice cream, placed it in front of the grumpy man. And he said, this is for you. Ice cream is good for the soul sometimes. When people have an advocate, they do courageous things. This call for God's people to become advocates of justice is a robust thread through the entire Bible. It comes from the law. It comes in Proverbs. It comes from poetry. It's shouted by the prophets and by kings who are righteous. It flows from Jesus' mouth and from the pen of Paul and Peter and James. Yes, even Revelation filled with the justice of God a call to God's people to advocate for it. Justice is mentioned more than 430 times in the Old Testament. That's a lot. And more than 40 in the New Testament. And that's before you translate the Greek word disaikune as justice, which it should be in many places. Now we're well over 150. The clear fact is this. If we want to be people of the book, get into the Scriptures and focus on the Bible, then we must be people who advocate for justice. To claim that we love Scripture, but to dismiss justice ought not be. The poor are shunned, it says in Proverbs 14.20. The poor are shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. The Bible assumes that we live in a fallen world where the wealthy have connections people in power. They have a bounty of social capital that brings good things in their life, but the poor don't have this. Do you know that old Eric Clapton tune, Nobody Knows You When You're Down and Out? (laughs) It's a great song. When you finally get back up on your feet again, everyone wants to be your old lost friend. Said it's mighty strange without a doubt, but nobody knows you when you're down and out. There are innumerable ways that the wealthy and the powerful turn things to their advantage in the courts 
in the marketplace, in the community, across cultures and across the centuries, it is seen time and again that those who are less well-off are more likely to be convicted of the exact same crime given greater penalties than those who do uh, uh, have resources. Proverbs 11.26 complains about sellers hoarding grain to drive up the prices to gouge the poor. Deuteronomy 24.14 and 15 uh, speaks of those who take advantage, literally robbing short-term laborers by uh, failing to pay them their daily wage. Jeremiah 22.3 says, Protect the person who is being cheated from the one who is mistreating the foreigner and the orphan and the widow. Zechariah 7 and 10, do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Isaiah 1 and 7, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's case. All I've been doing is quoting Scripture. Jesus was at a party once. Now, whenever Jesus steps into church or a party, look out. He's at a party, and he notices how the party is working. People wanting the best seat in the house. He notices who's there. In Jesus' day, banquets were an opportunity to rise up in the world. And if you were to throw a banquet, it was an incredible opportunity for you to garner and, 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 and build up a bunch of favors people owe you. Who you invited, who would come, had a significant impact to which doors of opportunity would be open for you. So people would invite those who could help them in life. This is how it worked. It's the patron system. And Jesus saw this playing out one day, this system of how you get ahead. And he said this. When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you get repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind. And you'll be, <clears throat> excuse me, and you will be blessed because they can't repay you. And you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. In other words, use your ability to host a banquet to help the exploited, to, 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 to help others, to advocate for them. It takes humility and it takes courage. But when we are brave enough, to learn about injustice and take up the biblical call to justice, we encounter the ways of Christ. We encounter the truths of Christ and we encounter Christ himself. What is God looking for from us? A sot mishpat to advocate for justice. Let us pray. Lord, would you, as you have been so faithfully, would you be our God? 
Jesus, our Savior and our friend, our rabbi, our teacher, we beseech you, Jesus, to search our hearts uh, as individuals and, and, and we beseech you to search the heart of this church. And know us and teach us. We want to sit with you and learn from you. A gentle, humble teacher, you are good. And I pray you would lead us, make us people who advocate for justice, who love mercy, and who will walk with humility where you take us with our God. I lift these things up in your name, Jesus. Amen.